0: You're listening to the No Name Photo Show. It's not spouse approved. It may or may not be safe for work. We'll see. And now here's your host, Brian Matias and me, Sharky James. So Brian, here we are, episode 27.
1: We have, get this Sharky, September vision tuppled It's not even September yet. That's a good point. Regardless, nonetheless, Sharky, we have September vision Tuppled our episode output.
0: I'm beside myself with joy, I can't tell you, but you know what would make you me sound happier? It. What would make me happier is if you told me, what's in today's episode?
1: You got it, Sharky. So the first part of our Septep Vision Tuppled episode is um, over the weekend, I don't know if, if you experienced this the way I did, but I noticed starting like around Thursday or Friday, especially in my Instagram stories and Twitter feeds, everyone that I follow, it was getting annoying, but everyone's like, I just joined this new social network called Vero or Vero. And so uh, even though it's not a new network, it's actually been around for several years now. Uh, It got some serious notoriety, some serious boost this weekend. So we'll talk about that and the whole thing about new social networks. Uh, Is there even a, a chance for them? And then for our second topic, we're actually going back 20 episodes ago to episode seven, where we talked about predictions of where the photo industry is going. And that specifically comes to fruition with this story uh, and the announcement by Canon of a very interesting new strobe uh, that incorporates uh, artificial intelligence. So um, it's going to be a fun one, I think.
0: I think so. There's a lot of cool things happening right now. So it's gonna be fun to talk about.
1: Absolutely. So Sharky, let me ask you, you're, you know, you, you post a lot of Instagram stories. And I assume you you look at the ones that uh posted by people you follow. Did you see any of these stories from people about joining? I'm just going to say Vero.
0: I've been seeing nothing but Vero in my feeds everywhere. I'm like up to here in Vero right now. And so I joined as well. I, I'm still I'm confused about it. You can find me on there if you type in Sharky James. But is there a handle? Like, can you go to like slash Sharky James? Like how many Sharky no. Jameses can there be? And how do you know you have the right one?
1: So right now, that entire infrastructure pretty much solely lives in the app for iOS and Android. You can go to Vero.co. And of course, we will link to this in the show notes at nonamephotoshow.com. However, uh, there is no Vero.co slash, you know, shark or Sharky James. There are no vanity URLs or no handles. Uh, so you basically just search um, when you sign up. It asks for your phone number for authentication purposes. So it's really just tied to a, an account, a phone account, similar to some other networks, like I think Telegram and WhatsApp used to be. And so there's no web browser component to it. So, you know, their business model is interesting. You, you, let me ask you, though, Sharky, you, um, you signed up. What's your initial impression of it, other than just like being confused about the account infrastructure?
0: It's mighty purdy, I must say. It's really beautifully executed. I think it's gorgeous. It's way better than Instagram in that regard. Whether or not it's going to take off, I don't know. You said it's been around for a couple years. It had a boost recently. How? Did it happen in the photographic community, or did somebody just find out about it in our community, and then it took off? Who knows? Like, Did Kim Kardashian get on it or something? Like, There was something that obviously just made it jump.
1: Yeah, I... I... Didn't have the time. I actually wanted to research that and I will research it. But all I know is that I started to see a little drip, you know, kind of like, you know, a leaky faucet. And then it, it just went fire hydrant, you know, opened up. Everyone. I mean, I was getting to the point, it was almost laughable. Like I was going from person to person on store on their stories and it wasn't anything IG related. It was, hey, I started this, you know, Vero account. And so on Friday, I think it was, I, I created my account and I'm just, you know, Brian Matias. And the first thing that I wanted to understand was how is this going to be any different than like LO? which is a social network that came out, I think, in 2014 that was all about putting the creative control in the hands of its users. Vero has this manifesto that you can see on their website where they kind of explain what their business model is. And the key differentiation, Sharky, is that there won't be any ads. Instead, what's going to happen is the first million uh, user subscribers will get lifetime free accounts. So if you're one of the first million, and unfortunately, I don't know where they are in that count, but eventually I assume once the, the million gets reached, they're going to introduce a subscription service and that will eliminate the need to have to support ads for revenue. What do you think?
0: I think that they're going to have a little bit of a tough time here because the other day, I think it was just yesterday. So we record this on Monday. So on Sunday, it completely broke. People were trying to upload photos and it wasn't happening. So they're obviously going to have to add more server capacity, which is going to cost money, which is going to eat into their bottom line. But hopefully they're scaling that with their ads that they're serving up, etc. I just kind of ignore ads as I see them. I think we kind of are trained to do that as we see them in apps. And I don't know how they're going to pay for it. I don't know if this is going to completely bankrupt them, this entire influx of people they're getting, because I don't know. How did they grow recently? Like we said, If it was just just in our community, it seems to have broken it. So how many people was that? Was that 20,000, 50,000 people all of a sudden rushing to put their photos on there all at once? Do they have the capacity to keep up with that or the money to keep things going? That's important. You have to have the cash flow. Otherwise, you're out of business. Right. So who knows if this is even going to survive a bump like this? And like I said, what if somebody like a Kim Kardashian or somebody gets on and it goes gangbusters? I think recently one of the Kardashians decided that snapchat was
1: dead to her no it wasn't a kardashian it was a jenner
0: that's well by marriage kind of the same thing right they're all interchangeable but
1: i don't know you might be (laughs) right i honestly i just know the name jenner and she yeah go ahead
0: i think they're all intermarried i don't know they're all like really they are the same person but she decided that snapchat was dead to her and all of a sudden their market cap went down like a billion and a half dollars right just on her announcement like that, so one person was able to break Snap, who is already in a in a pretty bad position. So, what's going to happen with Vero if somebody huge gets on it and they just cannot add enough capacity fast enough or don't have the money?
1: Yeah, I mean, if uh, looking at their website, it looks like you know they're, they're, the the company is called uh, Vero Labs, and it, the way I see it, it, it screams of kind of like an incubator kind of company, still very small, probably funding off of either angel investors or raising some money. I don't know. I, I'd have to look that up. But oh, the, the infrastructure is not nearly equipped, uh, as you were saying, Sharky, to handle the just this weekend, the crazy amount. I, I Even this morning, I tried to share a photo and uh, I kept getting server side error messages. But I will say what I do enjoy so far, there are a few little things I enjoy about this network. First is unlike Instagram, which is, you know, heavily, heavily weighed on imagery and video, uh, this is a little bit more. the, the, the type of content you could share is a little bit more diverse. I, I mean, it kind of is in a way sort of like Facebook, where you can share a, a book, a link to a book that you just read or a movie, and you can recommend, you could say that you recommend it or you haven't seen it yet or you're interested in it. And that, you know, so that is nice. You can also on an individual post, you can share multiple photos similar to how you can on Instagram, but where I think most people are excited and that's the you know, of all the stories that I've seen from people on Instagram, the thing that they're most excited about is that they have no algorithm. So you will see everything posted by the people you follow and only the people you follow. And in a way that could be good or bad, Chucky, because I'm only following like three people. I don't know if you're going to do the same thing as me, but I kind of And I don't know if I'm going to keep to this, but right now I'm only following people that I don't already follow other places. Because the last thing I really want is to see the exact same content, you know, and I've called out some people that all they were doing was copying and pasting their Instagram posts onto Vero. And it's like, you know what? I don't need to see that. So the, the reason where an algorithm is good is in these situations. And I could speak to this with absolute authority after working on the Google Plus team, where if you're a new user to a platform, even you might be the biggest social butterfly in the world. You know, Shark, you might have a thousand friends. But the bottom line is when you join a new social network, you don't necessarily know who you should be following. You, should, you could be overwhelmed with some, you know, just like all the new stuff. And that's where an algorithm can help in terms of helping to surface interesting people. The problem that I have, Sharky, is that I already see some of these accounts, you know, on Vero, these um, uh, larger hub accounts. All they're doing is they're resharing the same known quantity photographers. Like I saw this, the photography account, it's just called photography. And, you know, they're sharing, you know, Peter McKinnon, who great, super, you know, huge YouTuber and everything. But I already follow Peter McKinnon on YouTube. I don't need to see the same stuff of his shared on Vero. I want to see new people. I want to see people who I have never heard of who are strong. So what do you think?
0: So what I think is it's going to be like the other social networks. And just like you said, everyone's going to put on there what they are elsewhere And here's why. Because people are busy. If you post to Instagram, you don't know that somebody saw it, but maybe you posted to Twitter and then while they were on there, they saw it when it came up on Twitter or it comes up on Vero. I think that's what people are going to be doing. If you're thinking, okay, on my Vero account, I'm going to post this different content. And if you want to follow me over on Instagram, you can get this other kind of content. People just don't have that kind of time. I think people are going to gravitate towards the service that they like the most. And then you have to be there there. And be there with your content. So you're thinking at it from a more holistic, more like bigger picture kind of thing, where I think a lot of people are just blasting everything out there on every social media platform. And honestly, that's how it's done these days. Because like I said, you don't know where someone is at any given time. You could post on Instagram and they will miss whatever you're posting. Right now, they'll see it on Vero. So it's great. Like in the early days of Facebook, you could post something and you could pretty much see everyone content, no problem in your feed. Now it's impossible. So algorithms have to be in there as a method of making it so it's a more enjoyable experience. So it's not overwhelming the user to the point where you're like, forget Facebook, I'm done with this. So right now things are great with Vero, but how are they going to be later? And then as far as who to follow, you know, if somebody follows you, the courtesy is usually to follow them back. But then, if you're a popular person and you've got, you know, 20,000 followers, like I've got just shy of like 25,000 followers on Instagram. If they all followed me on Vero and I followed them back, there's no way I can follow 25,000 people's work. So it's like whatever you catch when you have time kind of thing. That's just how we are in this busy world. It's impossible. And if someone's following you and you don't follow them back, you know, people get upset by that. You know, so it's like, it's crazy. Social media is just insane. And Vero might be right nice right now, but once it gets incredibly popular, then we're back to how we are with Instagram.
1: Exactly. So like I've heard every single excuse about with regards to algorithms and the pros and cons, again, from my time at Google. And let me tell you something, everyone who freaks out about algorithms, you you actually made the point. Let's just say I, I end up following 100 people, you know, the people I know. I will never see all of the stuff anyway. I will only see whatever happens to be in my feed for those minute to two minutes that I'm going to be in the app. And whether that's three times a day or five times a day, that's the only content that I will see. Now, you might argue that, okay, that's just the democratic process of how it should be. You, that's the way you know the, the cookie crumbles. You open it up and that's what you see. But an algorithm can actually help there. If there's a particular piece of content that happens to be performing well or based on my existing usage patterns that algorithm thinks that this is something I would enjoy, that's great. I mean, I would rather in the few minutes that I spend in an app, see content that I thoroughly enjoy than just see the stream of consciousness. Because what happens if one of the people I follow is one of those serial posters? And they just, I I don't know if Averro has any sort of throttling where it only lets you to post, you know, so many pieces of content every over an elapsed period of time. But what if that's the case? And so to me, I do believe that the whole animosity to algorithms is misguided. I think algorithms are absolutely, they're they're an evolutionary response to scale. So as Instagram got larger, they made that This is the same thing with Twitter. And I'll tell you something, I don't know about Instagram, like Instagram's hit or miss, but with Twitter, they have this section called, in case you missed it, if you're using their app. And I take that very seriously, meaning I'm pretty active in marking things I like and don't like to further train the algorithm. I'm okay with it surfacing things. And if I miss something, I miss something. But for the most part, I find that algorithms help. Now, I'm with you also about ads. I actually don't mind ads, Sharky. In fact, I was just browsing through Instagram and I saw this cool ad for a similar to DJI's Osmo Mobile, which is a uh, kind of handheld gimbal made specifically for mobile phones. I saw this competing version from a company. I can't remember. it, So I guess the ad wasn't that effective, but I do. One of the things I loved about it was that it had an integrated, like uh, it, it was like a selfie stick, meaning it had a telescoping arm, whereas the, the DJI Osmo is stationary fixed to the handle. So I think, I don't know, Sharky.
0: Now listen, this problem is going to solve itself over time. It's just, it's going to go where it needs to go. It is going to be algorithmic eventually because it has to it just there's no way around it it's going to be like i said with facebook and instagram where eventually you just can't handle you just it, it's overwhelming you can't possibly see everything and it's not the kind of experience you want and like you were saying if somebody is a prolific poster and they're posting up 12 of their photos like every time they're putting up every single photo that they shot you're just going to go unfollow or mute or whatever you can to them and so that'll solve itself right there right. but uh i don't know i who knows where Vero is going to go. Am I going to use it? Probably. I mean, I to this day, I can't tell you what LO looks like. I literally signed up for it and never used it after that I intended to. But I didn't. So Vero looks cooler. I've poked around a little bit. It's something I'm going to explore, but it's just another thing to have to pay attention to. And maybe people will eventually move over to that and maybe it'll be higher quality. We always talk about, you know, like I've got 25,000 followers or so on Instagram. How many of them are, you know, good followers versus somebody that just was like, oh, I'll follow him and they just, they're not participating? It's like, well, just unfollow me then. You know, like you're not really, it's not really working out between us. You know, it's not you, it's me right? kind of thing. <laughs> so I don't know, but did we beat this to death or what? Vero, give it a try. Vero.co. Look up, it's a Vero, what's it called? Vero something social.
1: Vero true social.
0: Yeah. So look that up in the app store. I think it's Android as well as iOS.
1: Yeah. We'll link to the apps directly to those respective uh, stores in the show notes, photoshow.com. So Sharky, story number two, again, Let's go back 20 episodes to episode seven. And it even kind of sounds cool to say, let's just go back 20 episodes. The topic, the second half of the show we talked about, it was actually an end of year show. So we thought, let's talk about some predictions of where the photo industry is going this year and beyond. One of the things that I brought up was, I believe that we're gonna start to see more devices using artificial intelligence in an effort to assist photographers, make photographers smarter. Sure enough, yesterday, Canon announced a new flash, the 470EX-AI, hint, hint. And that is the world's first flash with AI bounce. Sharky, what do you think?
0: I think it's awesome. And when I saw a video on, uh, it was our friend, uh, David Bergman, who's a Canon explorer of light. He posted a video that he, you know, he does a lot of stuff with Adorama and he's got a great like three minute video. Everyone should watch it demonstrating how this thing works. And it's cool. I don't think anybody saw this coming. So the AI doesn't stand for artificial intelligence in this flash. It's actually auto intelligent bounce is what it stands for.
1: But so the only difference instead of artificial is auto. Come on, Sharky. It's intelligence. Auto intelligent.
0: They're trying to push that as their own thing. But it's cool. It knows where the wall is. It knows how to bounce at the angle that would be most beneficial to you. That's something a lot of people have a problem with. They don't want to bounce off a wall because they're like, well, I don't know which wall to bounce off of. If you bounce off a wall that's obviously cream colored, you're gonna pick up a cream color cast, etc. That this doesn't compensate for that. This just finds the wall and bounces off of it. But it's amazing. It's almost when you see it move, it's like a robot. It's like a you see those robot arms that like like Boston Dynamics or whatever are doing, they're really spooky. It articulates on its own, and it's really cool looking. I think people are. It's going to draw attention at first. It's awesome. It almost makes me want to shoot Canon just to use this flash. It's that cool.
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, I- I've never been one to use strobes. I-, I I used to, but I just that involves me photographing people, and I just don't like photographing people very much. However. I am not, you might have some photographers who are going to freak out right now saying you're taking the creative control away from me. And in some cases I can appreciate that um, where if you're using a bunch of different strobes and you're having some complex lighting, I can understand secondly this this is not this flash doesn't force you to use this AI mode you can you have to in fact invoke it but for me I actually love it and I think it it resonates completely with the prediction made uh back in episode 7 where we are going to start seeing devices not just these accessories but cameras as well uh, that are going to uh, when activated facilitate a photographer in capturing a great subject now for me having this flash do a lot of the kind of thinking or the compensation for me is a no-brainer. You know, what the flash doesn't take away, what the flash does not absolve the photographer from is the creative vision in terms of understanding. If you want to bounce the flash off to the left, guess what? You can do that. You still have to know to do that. However, if you're just kind of like, I just want to get a nice, evenly lit photo, and you're not sure, should I, you know, where you want to take the experimentation away and just kind of get the nice shots, I think this is great. I think it's smart. I don't think it makes you any less of a photographer. Uh, and I think anyone who thinks so is living in the past.
0: So, over at the Petapixel mothership, we're running a poll and it says, what do you think of Canon's new AI Bounce technology? Twenty six percent currently, and this is over a thousand people have taken the poll so far. So it'll probably be, end up being like ten thousand or so. Twenty six percent said it's game changing. I'm about fifty one percent says it's interesting, and twenty three percent say it's a gimmick. I can tell you without having used this, just knowing what it does. And when I was a photojournalist, you know, I had to bounce off of walls like crazy. This is not a gimmick. This is the real deal right here, hands down no doubt about it. This is going to get a lot of people who are freaked out about using flash to actually go, wow, you know, this is really cool. Let's give this a try. They're going to take a picture. They're going to look at their screen. They're going to be like, wow, that did better than I expected. That did better than I would have done. It's not doing the thinking for you so much as, you know, composition and all that kind of thing. It's just telling you this is where you're going to bounce the flash to get a great exposure, et cetera. It can do it up to 23 feet. Now, obviously, 23 feet away, you know, the inverse square law. You're not going to get a lot of light on your subject, depending on your exposure settings, et cetera. But this is going to be great. If you're within, I don't know, 10, 12 feet of a wall, like your average, let's say residential room, you're going to get a great exposure out of this. And it's going to know where to bounce that. It's going to be awesome. It's just, This is the real deal. This is not a gimmick right here.
1: I like the point you made, Sharky, in terms of this being a learning tool for photographers who are just trying to, or they're just beginning to experiment with light. It's the same principle as why cameras have auto or program and aperture priority and shutter priority, everything but manual, basically, you're abdicating some control to the camera, you know, saying, I want to shoot at f2.8. I'll let you figure out what the ideal shutter speed is to compensate for that ideal exposure. This flash is just taking it to that same level, I think. Where it's looking for the best possible surface to reflect or bounce light off of. I don't know. I, I like it. I think, and I think you're spot on that it, this will open the door for a lot of people who otherwise might be, uh, you know, hesitant or intimidated by strobes.
0: Listen, if you're an event photographer and you're not extremely experienced and you need a little bit of an assist, 400 bucks for this it's called the Canon 470 EX AI. It's going to be available in April 2018 it says by the way. 400 bucks is not bad. I just talked about it. I think it was episode 256, maybe 257 of the Petapixel Photography podcast. Boy, it took a while to get that in there. Uh, I talked about Sony's new flash which is $600. It's just Please don't pay $600 for a flash. Like, there's, like, I tell about the Photix Mitros Plus, that's like 200 bucks or 300 bucks or whatever. There's so many cheaper flashes out there. Now, none of these other flashes do what this flash does from Canon. So, if you are a Canon shooter, this wouldn't be a reason to switch to Canon, but if you're a Canon shooter and you do event photography, and especially if you're new and you're looking for a flash, this would be the flash to get. Like, don't even think about it, just buy it.
1: Yeah, and this is their 400 series Flash, which is, I would say, more on the closer, t- not entry level per se, but it's the uh, lower level, the 500 series. And I think they even have a 600 series, although well, I'm not sure. I remember, I used to have the 500 series Flashes. Those are more expensive, uh, and they support all sorts of, like, master-slave pairings, but... Uh, This one looks, it looks like it has everything you could possibly want. I expect to see this kind of technology make its way to their higher level strobes. uh, And I do also expect to see this technology or similar technology make its way into, like you were saying, Sony and Nikon strobes. But I'm with you, like, unless you have a very specific need for these for higher end flashes this one if you're a canon shooter and you really do want this this looks legit for four hundred dollars that's a great price for a flash
0: yeah like the the flashes that when you and i shot canon it was the 580 ex or the 580 ex2 later that's what i had and those are like 500 600 bucks or so this one is the, a little step down from that but this 470 ex ai at four hundred bucks, like I said, just do it. it just I wish I wish we could get a dollar for everyone sold, because they're gonna be selling a ton of them. It just just do it it's going to be a great flash it's going to help unbelievably for people who don't do bounce flash they will now do bounce flash they will you'll get a better exposure before you might maybe point it up at the ceiling and go okay well I'm bouncing well yeah you're bouncing but not completely and you're getting top down light and you're getting some you know like heavy lids and you're getting some nasty shadows so now people are going to be bouncing off of walls around them and they're going to get a lot better exposures because of this flash yep. and because it's doing some thinking. So just do it. Just get it. Cool,
1: Sharky. Well, with that, can I ask you a question? If you would like to. I would. And that question is, what's on your gear shelf? What's
0: on my gear shelf is actually on the very bottom shelf, lying down right now. It's taking a nap. <laughs> it is the Max Sports collapsible folding outdoor utility wagon. I have mine in blue. That's all was available in the time was blue and red. I think I got it at Costco, probably about 50 bucks or so. It goes for about $69 and change on Amazon, and it'll hold up to 150 pounds of gear. It's you know made of like a, a durable fabric. It's a 600D Cordura nylon, whatever it is. And it's a collapsible folding wagon. So if you're going out to do a shoot and you have a lot of gear with you, taking your gear from your car, to wherever you're shooting is a pain. And it causes a lot of people to go, you know, I'm not going to shoot at that location because I don't want to make 10 trips to my car. So, you know, we talked about the Kupo click stands before you click them together. You put a strap on them, throw it over your shoulder. That's a lot better than holding two or three light stands because you will not make it more than 10, 15 feet before one of those falls. So you get a click stand. But with this wagon, you it literally, it's, you know, maybe like a couple feet by a foot or so when it's folded up. Has a telescoping handle, you put it on the ground, you expand it, you load up your stuff, 150 pounds worth of stuff you can put in there, and then you go wheel it to your location. And they have one that's that's more expensive. It's about twice as expensive, and it's a heavy-duty one. It still holds only 150, not only, still holds 150 pounds, but it has all-terrain wheels on it. So if you're going to be on rocks and such, maybe that's the one you want to get. But honestly, you could get that one that's 70 bucks and be just fine. It comes in a bunch of colors. You can get it in camo, whatever. Mine's blue. I don't really care. But it's a great way of getting your stuff from point A to point B and just making the overall experience better. You have enough stuff to worry about when you're shooting. Just load your stuff up and it's got pockets and stuff. It's great.
1: I would probably punch you in the face if you ever walked up to shoot with me with that thing. Why? Because... Because I wouldn't want to be seen with you.
0: With my blue collapsible wagon with all my fancy stuff inside it? Yes wow
1: i can't wait to post a photo of this thing <laughs> on <laughs> <No-Name> <laughs> photoshow.com
0: this is, and you know what's funny is this a lot of people listening to this will already know this as a photography tip this isn't even original now i got this years ago before i even heard anybody mention it but since then you've heard other photographers well you obviously haven't otherwise you wouldn't be laughing at it but a lot of photographers have suggested this if you're doing location shoots i would say uh, not most but a lot of photographers have this wagon so trust me on this we could do a poll and you'll see a lot of people actually have it
1: oh i have no doubt i'm going to probably get flamed by the listeners for saying it i just i saw that wagon and like maybe it's because it came up in this bright blue color if it was a more subdued like they have this nice gray one i think
0: hey they have pink if you want to celebrate breast cancer awareness and use it only in october each year you can get that i
1: can't see pink
0: though there's a oh that's true that's a good point because you are you are colorblind. Well, there's a camo version. See, I would, the reason why blue is great is if you're out shooting in the woods, you can find your stuff, right? You know, if you get camo, that might work against you. Like, why would you do that to yourself? (laughs) Honey, where's the cart? I don't know. And why are you calling me honey? I'm your model. Stop that. Don't, haven't you been paying attention in 2017, 2018? Come on.
1: That's pretty funny, Sharky. I'm glad you got a dad joke in there.
0: There you go. Hey, well, you know, it just happened. It was it was organic, and sometimes the best dad jokes are organic. That's right. <laughs> I grow them. Oh,
1: hey. All right, so what is on your gear shelf, Mr. Brian Matias? Oh. Well, thank you for asking, Sharky. So I am super happy about this because for up until a couple of weeks ago, I was operating under the assumption that my favorite lens of all time, the the famous Funkbuster, the Canon 15 millimeter f2.8 fisheye lens, I thought I sold it. And it turns out I actually gave it to Nicole and I didn't know. And so my, here it is, my beautiful, Canon 15mm f2.8 fisheye lens. This is an old lens. It's discontinued. You can't even buy it anymore, or new at least, but it shouldn't be hard to find on like KEH or, you know, secondhand eBay stores. If you can get a good copy of it, uh, I mean, it's getting kind of older there. So some of them might, you want to make sure that it doesn't have any sort of mold growing on the inside elements. But if you're in any sort of creative funk, as is the case a lot with photographers, definitely with me, I get into funks nonstop. I always found that this lens, uh, you know, I put it on my camera and I was just in a different world. And, you know, obviously I shoot Sony, so this requires an EF to, a Canon EF to Sony E-mount adapter, which is fine. I have one, I have a Sigma adapter and it does the job just fine. But at f2.8, you know, this thing is small. It doesn't have uh, front filter support, but it does have, and this is something that I don't know if a lot of people know, there are a small number of Canon lenses that have this a support for rear gel filters. Uh, so right, it's very easy. To miss, but right uh, above the rear element, uh, there's a tiny little slot to put uh, an ND gel filter. So I think last week, Sharky, your gear pick was the Roscoe gel pack. That's exactly what you would do. You'd get an ND version, or you can do a color version if you want to do, you know, CTO or CTB and just slide it in there. So for me, this is like one of my all-time favorite lenses. I wrote about it in my book, The Visual Palette. Like, I I stand by This is like one of the most creative lenses. It's also, you know, just to put a caveat there, it's also very easy to overdo fisheye. Like, you know, you don't want to just take a a billion fisheye shots. Use it to get your creative juices flowing and then move on. But uh, highly recommended. I think you can get it from anywhere between three and 400 bucks. Um, I'll probably find the link on KEH to it and put it in the show notes.
0: Not anymore, you can't. With as popular as this show is, there's going to be a run on them. We might ju- actually drive the price up by a dollar twelve or so. You never know.
1: Hey, I never understood why Canon would have end of lifeed it. I mean, they released the—I think it was the 10 to 18 millimeter uh, fisheye lens, if I remember correctly. It's an—it was an L series lens, and I think it was an f4. But this lens is so small, it's light, it's built like a tank, and again, it opens up to f2.8. I don't know. For me, this is uh, of all the fisheye lenses I've ever used, I own a Sony. It's the fisheye adapter for their 28 millimeter f2. I've got that, but nothing comes close to this Canon fisheye. Awesome, great pick. Thanks, man. I was so happy when I found, when I, Nicole's like, yeah, I've got it. I'm like, oh my God.
0: I'm surprised as much as you love the Funkbuster that you let that thing get out of your chain of custody. How did you even let it go? How did, how?
1: Nicole Because Nicole was she's still shooting Canon at the time. She's since moved to Fuji. And I was, I, I tend to make these stupid decisions where it's like, I do the all or nothing. So when I moved to Sony, I'm like, I don't want any of my Canon lenses. So I purged them. And I just assumed that I sold it off, but turns out Nicole had it. And she also still has her 24 millimeter, the new, the Mark II tilt shift lens, um, which I took as well because I love tilt shift lenses. Wow. Good
0: times. You know what? I think this was a great episode if I say so myself. How about you?
1: Yeah, totally. I think it was a great one.
0: Now, why don't you tell people where they can find us and where they can find you specifically on Vero or otherwise?
1: Very good, Sharky, Very good. So you can find us at no as well as at no name show everywhere on the socials. Me in particular, my website is matias.com, M-A-T-I-A-S H. I'd love it if you signed up for my newsletter called Inbox Inspiration. There's a little sign up form right there. And you can find me on socials, including Vero at Brian Matiash, B-R-I-A-N, M-A-T-I-A-S-H. Sharky, how about you?
0: You know, it's so early in this Vero thing that somebody could start a Sharky James Vero account and get more followers and just be me. Go ahead and do my Vero for me. That'd be awesome. But I'm going to, you just never know. It's like, which one? It could be fake Sharky James. You just never know. Might be fun. So find me on Facebook. Instagram and Twitter where I'm lens shark. Don't forget the two S's in there. Cause I don't know who Len shark is some guy. I don't know. He's maybe he's a photographer. Maybe he's not, but he's not me. That's for sure. And, uh, the petapixel photography podcast, petapixel.com slash podcast. Just type in petapixel P E T A P I X E L in your favorite podcatcher. Most of you probably already listening to it anyhow, because it's awesome. And I do it.
1: <laughs> Excellent.
0: Sharky. So. What do you say we clap it out? Let's do it. All right, here we go. One, two, we'll fix it in post. All right. Love you, brother. Love you, too. Bye. Bye.
1: Thanks so much for listening to the No Name Photo Show. Sharky and I would be thrilled if you would subscribe in whatever podcast app you're using and tell a friend. How about we do this again in the next episode? Yeah, let's do that.